You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled Mind and Body. Hello my radio friends. Welcome to the program today and welcome to hear more from God's Word, the Bible. The Bible is often referred to as God's Word because in it various people across a wide period of time have had the thoughts and words of God revealed to them and they have written what God revealed to them. And that's confirmed by the Apostle Peter who wrote in Second Peter 1 verses 20 and 21 You must understand that no prophecy or scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke and wrote from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So when we read or learn something from the Bible, it has a divine origin, and therefore needs to be taken notice of. Recently, when reading from a daily worship book in our morning worship time, my wife and I read this passage. There is an intimate relation between the mind and the body. And in order to reach a high standard of moral and intellectual attainment, the laws that control our physical being must be heeded. To secure a strong, well-balanced character, both the mental and physical powers must be exercised and developed. What study could be more important than that which treats this wonderful organism that which God has committed to us, and of the laws by which it may be preserved in health. To summarise that statement, there are three main points which I'd like to share with you today. Firstly, mind and body are symbiotic. That is, what affects one affects the other. Secondly, to achieve best physical or mental results, it's important to take notice of the laws of health. And thirdly, we each have a responsibility to care for ourselves by following those laws of health. Now, first point about the mind and body being symbiotic. What affects one affects the other. Here's an example. Let's say, and I expect you've experienced something like this, you didn't sleep well. Maybe there was some issue that kept you awake, and try as you might, sleep did not come easily. The question is, how did you perform on the day following your restless night? In my own case, if I do not get sufficient sleep... On the following morning when I play golf, usually that's when I play poorly and make silly mistakes and my judgment is off. On the contrary, when I do sleep well, I know 
that I'd play much better. And that's why the Motor Accident Commission and other similar authorities in the Australian states place large roadside signs wanting drivers not to become tired and or to take a break now and again. Sleepy drivers lose concentration and are less likely to control their vehicles properly in an emergency situation. Now, that's about the mind affecting the body. But does it work the other way? Oh yes. After hard physical activity, most people need to rest to recuperate. They're not able to perform at any peak mental activity because of their hard work or work out. Now, we're not finished with the relationship between mind and body yet. If a person is suffering physical pain or some sickness, it's not normally possible for them to perform their best at any intellectual activity. And vice versa. If they are suffering any stress or trauma, it's unlikely they can perform well physically. You and I know from personal experience that what affects one's mind affects the body, and the opposite is just as true. You might be wondering, though, does the Bible have any statements to confirm the mind-body relationship? Yes. How about this from the book of Proverbs, chapter 17 and verse 22? It says, A cheerful heart, or a merry heart, does good like a medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Some translations say, Laughter does good like a medicine. And I'll come back to this verse soon. How about this statement found in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31? Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and shall not faint. I once heard about a man who was diagnosed with an incurable disease. Instead of wallowing in self-pity, he took what the Bible said in Proverbs 17.22 seriously and decided to test the statement. Now, here is his story. Dr. Norman Cousins, the author of Norman Cousins' Anatomy of an Illness, was a long-time editor of the Saturday Review, a global peacemaker, receiver of hundreds of awards, including the UN Peace Medal, and nearly 50 honorary doctorate degrees. In 1964, following a very stressful trip to Russia, he was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, a degenerative disease causing the breakdown of collagen, which left him in almost constant pain and motivated by his doctor to say he would die within a few months. 
He disagreed and reasoned that if stress had somehow contributed to his illness, because he wasn't sick before he went to Russia, then positive emotions should help him feel better. With his doctor's consent, he checked himself out of the hospital and into a hotel across the street and began taking extremely high doses of vitamin C while exposing himself to a continuous stream of humorous films and similar laughing matter. He later claimed that ten minutes of belly-rippling laughter would give him two hours of pain-free sleep, when nothing else, not even morphine, could help him. His condition steadily improved, and he slowly regained the use of his limbs. Within six months, he was back on his feet, and within two years, he was able to return to his full-time job at the Saturday Review. His story baffled the scientific community and inspired a number of research projects. Norman Cousins is a positive testimony to the relationship between mind and body. The second point from the statement I read to you near the beginning of today's program is that to achieve the best physical and intellectual results, it is important to observe the laws of health and healthful living. And I've outlined these to you in a previous program. There is an acrostic, new start, to help remember the main points. Here, in summary, is a reminder. N is for nutrition. A well-balanced diet is important for all health. The original diet God intended for mankind was plant-based. As more and more research is conducted into diet and health, it's becoming obvious that a plant-based diet is the best diet. Vegetarians and vegans are far less likely to suffer from lifestyle diseases such as heart disease, cancer, diabetes, atherosclerosis and stroke. N in our acrostic new start was for nutrition. The next one is E. E is for exercise. The human body was designed to move. At least 20 minutes per day of regular exercise, causing an elevated heart rate, is recommended. Vigorous exercise produces endorphins, chemicals, naturally produced in the body, that stimulate a feeling of well-being. Now we come to W. W is for water. Water is the best drink. Not tea, not coffee, not sweet drinks like Coke and the like, and not alcohol. Water. Don't be like the man whose doctor told him that he must stop drinking alcoholic drinks, as alcohol was not the best drink for him. The man then asked, 
Doctor, what's the second best then? You should know that top performers, like elite athletes, avoid such drinks as tea, coffee and alcohol. Now we come to S. S is for sunshine. Sunshine brightens the moods. Sunshine stimulates the body to produce vitamin D, an essential vitamin for good health. Sunshine destroys certain harmful bacteria. Sunshine in moderation helps produce good health, although sunshine in excess may cause melanomas and skin cancers. Now we come to tea. Tea is for temperance. Don't go overboard with anything like fad diets, too much food, with even good diets, excessive water, exercise or sunshine. Excess of anything has an opposite effect. Instead of producing better health, intemperance may cause more harm than good. Be sensible. Treat your body and mind with what is good but don't be tempted to overindulge in anything. Notice I said, treat your body and mind with what is good. That rules out smoking, the use of illicit drugs or overuse of prescribed drugs, binge drinking, stress, or any other activity taken to excess. Now we come to A. A is for air, fresh air of course. God never intended human beings to pollute the air that they breathe with smoking or other noxious fumes. Cigarette smoke contains poisonous chemicals. Those chemicals affect the mind and body adversely, causing coughing, emphysema, dependency, shortening of life, and, of course, cancers of the mouth, throat, larynx and lungs, besides being a springboard for other conditions and cancers to develop. I know there have been individuals who have smoked and have lived long lives, but they are the exception. Smoking increases the risk of a premature death and is just like praying, uh, playing Russian roulette. Holding a loaded revival, revolver to your head and pulling the trigger. The odds of surviving smoking compared to surviving Russian roulette are probably worse. The only difference is in how long one remains alive. Smoking is a sinister form of population control. Unfortunately, Smoking-related diseases put a lot of strain on the health budgets of governments around the world. One in every seven deaths in Australia is due to smoking. Each day in this country, at least 50 people die because of their smoking. Don't you be part of those statistics. We're going to have a little break now, and we'll go on straight afterwards. Father's house on many 
come to R. R is for rest. It's important to have a proper amount of sleep. Recommended for adults is eight hours of sleep in the dark per 24-hour period. Teenagers need more sleep and children need more as well. But rest also includes time when one has opportunity to relax to have a break from the normal routine, to take a holiday and so on. In God's original plan for mankind, he provided time to take a break. It was for a whole 24-hour period at the end of each week. It's called the Sabbath. Keeping the Sabbath, as outlined in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11, involves abstinence from everyday activities and a refocusing on God who is our creator and redeemer. From personal experience, I can testify that by keeping the Sabbath as God has outlined is of great benefit for both mind and body. Now we come to T. T is for trust. Many people try to get by in their lives without any real spiritual dimension. To recognise that we human beings were made by and are responsible to our higher power, God, provides a balance in our lives. Not only that, but to trust in God provides a stability 
and psychological strength that those who don't have that spiritual dimension miss out on. N-E-W-S-T-A-R-T New Start But do you realise that in God's Word, health laws are also presented? Beginning at Leviticus 11 is a list of dietary laws, that is, what creatures are suitable for human consumption and those that are not. Then, in chapters 12 and 13, are laws about blood, infectious diseases, quarantine, food, and sexual relations. Coming back to the beginning, and I mentioned there were three points, the third point from the statement I shared with you near the beginning of today's program is that we each have a responsibility to do the best we can to develop our own bodies and minds. Some people have this to say, Ah, it's my, my body or my mind, so I can do what I like with it. Yes, but only up to a point. There's another, another way of looking at the idea of caring for ourselves, and it's this. None of us came into existence on our own. We put zero effort into being conceived and being born. Therefore, we must accept that we are responsible to others for our very existence. And this is one good reason why God has commanded, as recorded in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, to honour your father and mother. Honouring one's parents as showing gratitude to them for procreating and bearing you as a child. But the reasoning goes even deeper. In 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20 is this statement. What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For you've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. As well as showing gratitude to our parents, the Bible tells us to also show gratitude to God, who is the source of all life. And then, on another level, because Jesus sacrificed his righteous life, He's paid to save our lives. Therefore, he has bought us with the highest price possible, the life of God. If you, dear listener, are a parent and you have a child who doesn't value his or her life and squanders health, career and so on by abusing themselves with harmful substances and harmful habits, How do you feel? Devastated, of course. And I realise that some of you have had to deal with a prodigal child and may have been hurt by what your child has done. They haven't valued what you gave them or what was done for them. And I suppose God feels such a loss no less keenly 
than a parent would. God gave life, and to see someone waste it through worthless living must really hurt him. When I was about 15 years old, I attended some lectures about what was then known as health reform. I did not smoke and did not drink alcohol, nor did I use drugs. But the lecturer pointed out that eating certain foods such as red meat was not the best practice. So I decided to become vegetarian. Now that I'm much older, I believe that decision has paid off. Many people in my age group have died. Others are afflicted with debilitating lifestyle diseases. And others are required to swallow multiple pills and or medicines to keep them going. I do not at this stage of my life take any pills or medicines. Even my doctor is surprised and recently said to me, You're a healthy old bastard, aren't you? And I'm very thankful to God for the blessing of good health, which has probably also been an outcome of my decision to serve and honour him. To do the best we can with what we have is the best motto. Even if we do not wish to care for ourselves for our own sakes, the Bible teaches that there's another reason why we should do our best in keeping our minds and bodies healthy. This reason is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. And the verse says, Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Yes, to the glory of God. As God is our creator and redeemer, we owe our lives to him. And that's a very good reason to treat this wonderful organism we are in the best possible way. But also, when we are holy, healthy and happy, we're able to enjoy life to the full without the use of artificial stimulants and the like. So, my dear friends, what about it? Are you one of those who's likely to ignore the facts about keeping mind and body in good condition? Or are you one of those who, when confronted by information, pointing out what is good or not, you do something about it? Pay respect to God, pay respect to your parents, and pay respect to your own self by doing the best with what you are and with what you have. So, until next time then, this is Len signing off and wishing you good health physically, mentally, spiritually and psychologically.